Car Podcast. In today's episode, I am joined by Asher Katz. Asher, thanks for being with me today. No problem. Yeah, so uh, I had you on last year uh, on episode seven, I believe, maybe. Uh, So if you haven't listened to that already, go back to season one, listen to that. It was a great episode. We had a great conversation. Uh, But for people who didn't listen to that, who are you? Um, yeah, I'm Asher Katz. I, I live in Ridgefield, Connecticut, and I'm an 11-year-old golfer. Yeah, well, you're not just any golfer. You're, you might be better than me. Um, <laughs> so, what have you been up to in the past year? What's changed since since last year? Well, um, I've gotten a lot of new clubs since the Sim 2s got out. I've gotten most of them. I mean, I have the, the woods and the hybrids and I've played in probably more tournaments than I've played in last year. So mm-hmm. I have more on the schedule. Yeah. So are you a TaylorMade fan? Yeah, I'm sponsored by them. So I have mostly the TaylorMade stuff except for like my wedges and my putter. Okay. What wedges do you have? I have the Titleist Vokey SM8, 52, 56, 60. Mm-hmm. I'm actually getting the club, so I'm moving it to a – MMT shaft from okay. the oil. Yeah. So, uh, do you have raw wedges? Uh, what you mean the rust? Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, some people say it has more spin when it rusts, but I don't really like their color. So no. you, you you're not a fan of the raw wedges? No, I think I'll just stick with the regular ones for now. I have the the black ones. Yeah. So I had the black ones last year and they were great ex- except, you know, they kind of leave some towards the end of their life. They get s- the finish rubs off and it gets silvery on the face. So it doesn't look quite as good. Uh, I went yeah. raw this year. I have the Vokey SM8s raw and 50, 54, 58. Okay. And the reason I like the, uh, the raw is not so much. I don't like the look of the rust on it. I don't necessarily think it adds spin to it. But I think it really does add life to the wedge. So rather than the wedge being worn out in three, four, or five months as much as I practice and hit them, uh, the rust kind of helps preserve the life of the wedge to get a full year out of it. Uh, And it also doesn't – now the black accomplishes this too, but it doesn't – the sun doesn't shine in your eyes uh, when you're hitting a chip shot. Uh, But those two things are what kind of led me to a raw wedge. Um, I also – you know, they – they say there's no difference in feel, but my wedges this year, I had the SM8s in black last year, and I have yeah. the SM8s in raw this year. They feel softer. And people have told yeah. me I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm not. They do feel softer. Yeah, it might because, like, if it rusts off, maybe it's, like, it's going through different core. So when you keep hitting the ball over and over again, it's going to take off levels of the head. So that might be, like, loosening the weight. I'm guessing. I'm not like yeah, I, I, I'm not sure the the science and math or whatever behind it, but you know, I, they do feel slightly softer. Um, which Vokey wedges are already a pretty hard feeling wedge. You know, if yeah. Mac Daddies from Callaway are, mm-hmm. or I guess they're the the what are they called now? The Jaws. They got rid of. All I'm using is my 60 around the green because I love the feel of it, and I'm just puring every single shot, and I just love it. And the six uh, 60. Yeah. 
So that's interesting. Uh, is there any certain reason you use a 60 degree around the green? Because for me, I rarely, if ever, use my 58 degree. Like I may, I'll use my 58 degree out of uh, short sided bunker shots and I'll use it all out of like really weird lies or really fast greens. But for the most part, I use a 54. Is it just kind of a preference for you? Or uh, why do you tend to use a 60 degree more? I mean, if, yeah, of course it's a preference, but you know, I think it, of course it gets more spin, but um, I actually have the K grind and that's usually only for bunkers. And the fitter who fitted me for that actually said it's only for bunkers, but I guess I proved him wrong by <laughs> using it all around the green. And I just love the feel. I think I would clip it cleaner than the the 56 and I just I think I can put my landing position like closer than where I want it to be and um some people say it's really hard like it it was hard for me from coming to the 56 and trying out the 60 because it's so much harder to get like the feel as the same feel as the 56 like where you gotta hit it and how much height you need and the yardage it's just harder from the 56 to the 60. Yeah so do you like or primarily play on really, really fast greens? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, of course. I, I, never will. I mean, some people would play from slow greens, fast greens. I especially like fast greens because I love to keep my swing nice and soft and always just, I don't know, I just like non-bumpy greens. Uh, of course, anybody would like that. but Of, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Were you saying something? Yeah, I I just think faster greens because I like to keep my swing steady and not like jab at it to get it up a hill that the greens are running a six. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I kind of was asking like you know a nine versus like a like a thirteen or fourteen. I don't know how fast they get in Connecticut, but down here a little yeah. more south, they can they can get up there to a fourteen. I've I've seen them at a sixteen. They're they're uh, and that's kind of. A, where I would use a 58 more, you know, you're playing a 58 as a bump and run. Cause if you used a pitching wedge for a bump and run, you're not, you're not staying on the green. Um, and so, yeah, that, that would be probably one of the only times I would use uh, a 60 degree, but you know, yeah, preference, yeah. complete preference. You look on tour, uh, completely different swings, completely different. Yeah. A lot of the guys are using 48s, 52s around the green. I mean, it's preference, basically. I mean, I played in – have you ever played uh, Dothan Country Club in Alabama? I have not. Yeah, it's, those greens are running a 14, and I – that's when I just got my – I think I had the high toes at the time, and it was really hard to hit a good chip with those on 14s. And, yeah, I also played Challenge Cup a couple weeks ago at – it was like a 12, and mm-hmm. I was hitting most of my – chips like up and downs most of them maybe yeah. nine out of ten yeah so over the past year with tournaments what what has been the biggest change for you what have you changed most in your game thought process mental physical what's changed the most I think I definitely did better with my mental I mean just saying you know you got this instead of like you know why'd you hit that you couldn't couldn't have done better like that's not a good shot just the thought process has definitely changed a lot from last year. Yeah. So, so how would you say it's changed? Just a more positive outlook? Yeah. I mean, I mean, sometimes when I'm practicing, I do the same thing, but in tournaments, I'm really locked in at that, trying to get that good attitude and the good 
thought process locked in and just trying to say, you know, got this, just try to get it close instead of like, what was that, you know? Yeah, well, I definitely think for any golfer, especially a competitive golfer, it's very, very beneficial to uh, keep a positive outlook, but it's, it's really hard. It's a lot harder for some people to do it than others. Like for me, it actually uh, required, you know, some, some seeing, having some examples of how good tour players are to see. So I can kind of compare myself to that and realize that even the tour players aren't that good. So I don't know if you're that familiar with decade golf, but I had Scott Fawcett on my podcast recently and we basically, one of his big things that he teaches in decade is expectation management. And so, you know, one of his players, Aaron wise on the tour, I'm sure you've heard of him. uh, He had him hit 37 irons on a flat range with no wind on a trackman and his shot pattern was about 30 yards wide and 15 yards deep from 185 yards. And okay. that that's one of the best ball strikers on tour. And so, you know, by having that information, when I'm out on the course and I hit one 15, or well, not 15, 10, 15 yards left, I absolutely hook it rather than, yeah, it wasn't a good shot, but tour players hit that shot too. And they're out making a living doing that. So, you know, that's definitely a, a way for uh, you to put a more positive outlook, positive spin on things. Um, not rather, rather than trying, you know, what some psycho- sports psychologists, or, you know, tips will tell you, which is just kind of fake it till you make it. Yeah. Oh, act like that was a good shot. No, re- I mean, realize that was a bad shot, but tour players hit bad shots too. So don't get yeah. that upset about it. You're not always, you're not always going to have a good day. And I, I believe that, you know, you just got to make what's up that day. You just got to make make that day a better day. Try to make it a better day. And, you know, if let's say I'm outside and I'm I'm on a golf course and I, oh, I hit a I hit a fade on the first hole and I hit a fade on the second shot and the third shot, the second shot, and then I, I make a bogey on the first hole. I really – a coach always told me, um, like, never try to change the shot – shape you have on the on the course just try to play that shop shape the whole round and go on the range after and just try to hit that shot that's that's always what I've thought and I think that's worked a lot yeah so speaking of shot shapes are you a a draw player or a fade player primarily I mean I'm trying to work on my grip a lot and my my uh my strong grip it's really hard to shape a shot so really I'm just trying to keep the face square and hit a straight shot. I'm not really a shape shopper, shot, shotter, shotter myself. <laughs> yeah. So I've actually got a pretty strong, um, but I've got a pretty strong grip, but I play a fade with it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm uh, my swing, just, you know, just looking at it, you wouldn't be able to tell, but I have a lot of similar characteristics to Dustin Johnson. Um, yeah. And the fact that we both have really strong grips and play fades. Um, and, you know, a fade for me, um, someone who hits, their driver averaging you know on a trackman 300 310 yards the problem with a draw is a draw really really quickly and easily for a good player becomes a hook it really quickly does that and if you watch some of the tournaments earlier this year i don't remember exactly which one it was but jordan spieth and xander shoffley were uh in contention and coming down the stretch they both started hitting hooks they're draw players but you know on 14 when they needed to hit this tight fairway, they hit a hook. Uh, and so for me and for most good players, 
you know, a fade kind of works against the, you know, good players miss is going to be too far inside for the most part. Um, and so working against that by playing a fade not only works against your tendency, but it also a fade is a bit more controllable because it has a bit more spin. So if you hit it far enough to sacrifice the distance, I mean, that's that's why Tiger played a fade. That's why Jack yeah. played a fade. That's why Brooks Kepka. That's why Roy, surprisingly enough, is actually, you know, in this past weekend when he won, uh, said before the tournament or on Thursday that he's only going to commit to hitting a fade with a driver, which, you know, Roy used to be the big draw guy on tour, and he even he's gone to a fade uh, probably for this same reason. Um, so I'm a big pro fade guy. Um, a lot of a lot of people, you know, who used to slice the ball think that draws are the only way to go. You can certainly play high level golf with the draw, but but for me, I'm I'm a pro fade guy. Yeah. Um, have you? Did you watch the Wells Fargo last week? I watched some of it. Yes. Yeah. the The last round it was on the number seventeen part three over the water. It was. Um, right to left wind, and on the on the final round, a lot of pros I watched go in, actually like go into like the the right to left wind itself, and I think mm-hmm. that's a smart play instead for playing it. Because if you hit a if if I'm a pro player and hit a high draw, I wouldn't want to play into that because that could be a that could easily go on the left side of the water. Right. Right. Well, and I think that's where some of shot making ability comes in, right? You don't want to have to use it, but you know, I know how and I can successfully play a draw with all the way down to probably a four iron, you know, a controlled draw. I don't, yeah. I'm not going to use it unless I absolutely have to, but uh, I do have it there. The only uh, time I wouldn't try and shot shape a, a shot is with a, with a driver. And this partially again is coming from decade and Scott Fawcett, which if Y'all haven't listened to that that podcast episode. You have to. Um, there's so much great information in it. In it, uh, Scott knows so much. Uh, but one of his big things is don't try and shot shape a driver because you know you're swinging it at for me 110 miles per hour and you're trying to change the path and the face. That's just that's not going to end well. So just yeah, just play yeah. your fade uh, or whatever shot shape you play and just. Even if it's a dog leg left, if you absolutely have to draw it, drop back to a three wood or a four wood. Just don't try and draw a driver because yeah, do the opposite because it just won't end well. Yeah, some people even would hit a if they hit their driver, you know, their launch is twenty on a driver, which is insane. A lot of people have that launch, and they could really just play a fade over the trees, you know. Exactly. A lot of players would do that instead of taking a lower club and trying to play a different shape shot that they're not comfortable with well that's kind of i mean that's where course management comes in too and what how does how do you view course management um i mean um i don't i i always used to play risky when i was when i was nine ten but now i really um learned from that those mistakes that i made when i was younger that to now that you know, I used to go, I try to go, I I used to try to go 20 trees. I used to try to go through 20 trees to get out and try to, you know, like, okay, this is the best way to make a par, but it's really not. It's, it's the punch out 90 degrees and try to make it up and down from there. Or if you go through 20 trees, it can, you know, lead to a double. And that's what I've learned. 
Right. Well, for me, you know, other than decade, which again, I've referenced it so many times, it's so awesome. But Mm -hmm. for actual course management, like something that's interesting, you know, as when you're younger, 10, 11, playing on a golf course, and you see a bunch of people, maybe not for you, because you're a lot better than I was when I was your age. uh, But you're seeing people, you know, hit it out there 300 yards. And you just you want to do that every time you want to hit it 300 yards. And you want to do it every time, because you think it looks cool. But now, where I'm at now, and I actually have the ability to do that. It's just, you really don't want to do that that often. Like, yeah, I will rarely, rarely step up to a tee box and try and hit a driver as hard as I possibly can with no, just, just wanting to hit it as far as possible, just because, you know, it's so much better to sometimes be shorter and stay short of a, a set of bunkers. Um, or, you know, it's just, Distance isn't everything. Uh, I guess that's where I was leading to there. And, you know, the PGA Tour, USGA, I guess, uh, you know, coming about with the distance rollback, the distance report last year. I think it's a bunch of BS because, number one, I really don't think, uh, you know, since the Pro V1 came out, average amateur golfers have really increased that much in distance. And, B, there's so many ways to encourage hitting more two irons and four woods off the tee yeah. on the on the tour, whether it be growing the rough up, um, making the fairways a little bit more narrow, you know, just speeding the greens up where you have to have a fairway lie to even stop it on the green. I just think rolling back the equipment is is a bunch of BS. What what are you, what do you think? Um. Yeah. I mean, if you're really that confident with the driver, which a lot of people are, and a lot of people aren't, it's like a it's a mixture, but. If you're if you're confident with the driver, I would easily hit a driver. But if you're that kind of person who, oh, I love I love hitting my two iron, I I hit it almost as far as my driver, then I would definitely go for that. You know. <laughs> well, if if you hit your two iron almost as far as your driver, you need you need a, a driver checkup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I see what you're saying, but then again, going back to shot patterns, you know, on tour the average shot pattern with a driver is 65 yards wide. Yeah. 65. That's, that's a lot. I mean, that, that is big. Like it's now yeah. that's over 50 shots, right? So mm-hmm. there are a majority, probably 60, 70% to stay within a 30, 40 yard, you know, hit the fairway, but 65 yards wide is a, is a big, it's a, it's a big number. Yeah. I mean, that's if you're hitting a fade like I I played with um someone in a challenge cup event two years ago and he was four years older than me I don't remember the name but he was like Bubba but he wasn't a, he was a righty and he was hitting shots that were starting out to trees and going all the way around to the fairway and he's like 15 and he wasn't hitting it oh he I was passing him with my driver like yeah. Cause I hit it. I hit a. I had a good shape shot, and I'm like, it's like, I don't. I, I mean, if you have a big draw, I would. I mean, you would probably want to have a bigger draw than a bigger fade because that's a fade is really just taking a lot of yardage off that. And if you have a seven yard fade, I think that's that's wrong to have. Whatever. I think it's um, your choice. I mean, if you hit that good and you don't hit a straight shot good or. You've never tried to hit a stretch. I think you could go what you 
you can do what you want, really. I'm not, I'm not insulting anyone. I mean, hopefully I'm not, but <laughs> I think it's The whole choice. draw versus fade. So I brought this up on for the first time on my Instagram, uh, you know, right after Xander and Jordan hit their hooks. And, you know, I don't have near the following on Instagram that you have, but out of my 250 followers, like it created like a big divide between people. You know, you had yeah. people pro-fade, Make, making all the excuses for pro fade, and then you had pro draw making all the excuses for pro draw. Um, and in the end, out of my followers, like 80% of them prefer a draw, which I, I don't know. They can they can go yeah, I mean, in a draw, but yeah, I mean, I think fade is the more safe shot than a draw. It's, it's way harder to hit. I mean, it depends on your swing, and I think for most people, it's way easier to hit a draw, a fade, than a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you look at like the, the average amateur golfer, right, let's look at the 15, 20 handicap, what's the most common yeah. miss? It's a slice. Yeah. And I don't, it probably wasn't for you since you started so much younger than I did, but you know, I started out with a slice and then we worked it so far back, it became a hook. And then we worked the hook back to a consistent fade. You know, that's yeah. over three years. That's what kind of happened to my shot shapes. Um, uh, did was that is that any similar to you? It probably isn't. I think no, it, it is. I mean, when I when I was younger, I was hitting small fades, not dots, probably like 30, 35 yard fades. And as I got older, five six, I was hitting low draws, and my swing kind of just changed. I don't I don't remember that far back, but really, it just changed from a year. Like two years ago, I was hitting 20, 30 yard fades, but now I'm hitting low draws, you know? Yeah. So I'm interested, you know, your top 10, I think, in junior golf scoreboard for your graduation year. What is something that people really like underestimate the importance of in competitive golf in your mind? Um, I mean, I think, I mean, I. I I don't I really think that the 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 ratings don't matter really for for right now. That's what I think. And a lot of people might think different, but the rating on your score, the scoreboard doesn't really matter right now. It matters when you're 14, 15, 16 getting scouted by college Put pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't think it matters right now. I think when I get older, of course it'll matter because college colleges are looking at people that are high and low in the ranking yeah and yeah i think i think course man- management is a big importance too because people who don't have course management there's a big chance they're not going to make it in d1 college golf or d2 or whatever yeah. I think course management is one of the most important things in golf and mental yeah mental is also another one yeah so i've just recorded recently a podcast uh and it it should be live when this podcast goes live but uh it's with uh, a man named Stephen yellen and he invented what's called the fluid motion factor and it really i'm not going to go over it all in this episode you can go listen to my episode with him it's awesome uh but it goes into some of the psychology behind the golf swing and really once you get to a certain level with the swing a lot of the mechanics well, not, not necessarily the mechanics, but a lot of the really hard, you know, gritty swing work 
kind of falls away and it becomes a lot more psychology focused. Um, If you want to go like directly into the performance side of things. And then I think another thing a lot of people discount is, you know, the, the off course performance and nutrition. Uh, So I recently, you know, um, really started focusing on nutrition, you know, just for calorie numbers, macronutrients and, not only do you just feel completely better, you also have more energy to play more golf, you know? So yeah. if I have a 54 hole tournament, I'm not exhausted on day three. So I'll play better. Uh, yeah. And then the, the recovery, you know, the stretching, the mobility work, the, the strengthening, everything around that people, people discount how much time is spent on that. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I think from last year, it's been crazy. I really never wanted to work out and, now I'm working five days a week, and it's it's crazy how it changed my distance. I've gained t- 20, 30 yards with all my clubs. It's just been amazing how I've changed my my thinking that I think workout, working, and mobility and stretching is one of the most important things in for you to for you to like improve and yeah yeah. Yeah, so I, I need you to tell me how to gain twenty yards. I'd love to gain another twenty yards. Uh, that'd um, be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I mean, uh, ground force is crazy. Legs, my <laughs> legs. I've gotten my legs stronger doing weighted squats, deadlifts, things like that. That, and even like stretchings. That stretches that really help you stretch your legs out more to get more ground force. And it's, it's crazy how it works like that. Just ground force pushing into the ground is like, I was on the swing catalyst a couple of weeks ago and I'm putting with my seven iron, 180 pounds into the ground, which I only weigh about 95. So that's double yeah. my weight going into the ground. It's crazy. Yeah. So I've actually never hit on one of those, so I couldn't give you those exact numbers. But I think a lot of, you know, power, especially in younger players uh, and, and, you know, some of the younger tour players, too. But really, 10 years from now, when everybody who's a junior now is on tour, um, I think we're going to see a lot of not just ground forces, because that was kind of, you know, Tiger introduced that. And that's what's primarily on tour now. But just this shaft releasing like the way the shaft releases, like if you look at Cameron Champ, you know, he hits it a mile, but he yeah. doesn't swing. Like his swing speed's like 120, 123, I think. Like it's, yeah. his swing speed isn't crazy. And if you look at like my swing speed, you know, I, I look at people who swing it eight, 10 miles per hour faster than I do. And I hit it farther than them. Yeah. Um, it's it's all just about the mechanics and how you, how, how you impact the ball. Exactly. And the shape of the shot, of course, it matters a lot. So I I think in, in, you know, I know some people that hit their driver outrageously longer than they hit their irons. Like they hit their eight iron 160 and they hit their driver 350. Um, And there are some people that are more average. And then there are some people that hit their four iron 240 and their driver 290. So, you know, you kind of, yeah, Um, I think, I think a lot of that is overlooked in, Distance, distance isn't all about speed. Distance is also launch conditions and impact. Conditions. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a big factor from the, from what you said. I mean, um, I think a lot of it. You don't need to hit a long ball to shoot low scores. 
I mean, I think it's a short game is the most important. A lot of people 100% will agree with me that short game is the most important thing in golf. I think it's that a lot of people see on tour that, you know, some people hit shots that are 50 yards shorter than their opponents, but they're beating their opponents by 10 strokes. It's crazy how short game matters so much to be able to, to be able to get up and downs is so, so important that it's, it's just crazy how important it is. So I'm not going to discount that and I'm going to start a war by what I'm about to say, but I don't think short game is, is as important as people make it, make it out to be. I think course management is more important than short game. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, shot. Well, I'm, yeah, what, I'm what I was meaning by that is, you know, a lot of people, especially people my age, they have ego problems, and they think from 185, when they have a six iron in their hand, they can go pin-seeking to a pin that's two off the left with a bunker and water in front of it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so then, you know, they go for it, they hit it in the bunker, and then they've got this terrible short-sighted bunker shot, and they end up making bogey, and they're like, oh, it's my short game. But in reality, it's not their short game. The problem was they needed to aim their six iron 10 yards right of the pin, hit the middle of the green, and have a 30-footer for birdie and, you know, just Um, two-putt. So I'm definitely not discounting short game because, you know, that's where I'm most efficient right now And if you look at my performance stats. But I, I don't think it's quite as important as people make it out to be. Yeah, I was. I wasn't. I think mental is the most important thing in golf. So is course management. But I was just going for like shots, not like anything that has to do with mental or course management. Just like I'm saying, driver is least important. Like clubs, I'm saying, not like I think course management and mental is way more important than short game. Yeah. Well, I think we've we've had a a good, com- well rounded conversation around pretty much everything. Golf touched on a lot of things. There any points or things you'd like to cover before we end it off here? Um, not really. I think I'm. I think I'm good. Well, we'll definitely. Um, I'll keep following you. Um, again, you're top ten in the world already, which is incredible. You're already an incredible golfer. You could probably beat me. Um, but I look forward to continuing and continuing to follow you, and uh, wish you uh, good luck on the the rest of your season. Thank you. You too, man.